When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's tabletop time. Wait, didn't we have a roll to see who oh, intros first? Oh, no. And I haven't got music I playing. I don't even have dice. Now I do. Yeah, we're back, baby. It's reboot time. This is Dave. Hi, I'm Dave, and I'm our handy dandy narrator. Okay, I've never said no. I'm sorry. <laughs> My name is Jen, and I play Eve. <laughs> My name is Rob, and I play Sebastian Allen. Normally. Normally, but not we'll tonight, get to that. Yeah. Um, and I'm Jazza, and I play Prodigy or Pro. My it is from my twisted dark mind that the world of reboot came to life, and it is through the power of this awesome setup, all the work that everyone's put in, our sweet art. Yeah, it's Upgraded great. soundtrack. We got friggin', we got set pieces now. We got minis. This is a level of production that. I'm going to just go out there and say I don't think exists in roleplay content to this level. I'm just putting it out there. Like, let's face it. I'm, honestly, we got character art. We got high, high-quality featured miniature-painted sets. We've got custom soundtracks and sound effects to go in the background. This is just the beginning, and we are out there to change people's perception of tabletop roleplay and we're going to do it. This is season two. This is our first season two. Yeah. Just watch. So exciting. Um, just wanted to mention that while we're upping production, we also have our podcast uh, available on all good podcast streaming services. I listened to all of season one on Spotify, um, which made it super easy for myself. Oh my goodness, you just did <laughs> <laughs> I'm just showing the audio yes. um, drama yeah, capabilities. If, you, if you're into that like audio experience, then I definitely recommend uh, checking us out on uh, where you find good podcasts. Um, it's uh, Tabletop Time Roleplay. Is it's so immersive. Oh on I love I love being platform. shot by someone rapidly <laughs> typing on a typewriter because that's what that sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> That's like when you get an aggressive editorial. <laughs> and the craziest thing about all of this is you can't tell is that we do it live. Yeah. Every Tuesday night Australian time at uh, 8.30, we live stream on Twitch. It's uh, twitch.tv forward slash it's tabletop time. Yeah. Oh, oh uh, a very exciting thing that is worth mentioning. After every stream, so every week, we have a tradition which is an after party, a live hangout with our patrons who make all of this possible. We love our patrons. And all of that production value that we've been touting out and flaunting everywhere is only possible because of our patron support. We're so grateful. We ha- hang out with them every week. We update them every week. Uh, and they, they make all of this possible. It do- it's not cheap. And it's not a little amount of work. But it's thanks to their amazing support. Thank you, patrons. Oh, here they are. They're getting a little scrolly. Yeah, a little scrolly. Oh, we always do a scroll, scroll at the end of the episode. Well, yeah, we read I out the names. See, of I the... reckon we can slap it in, in the beginning too. Season two, okay. we'll have it start off, but we'll re- we read out our uh, our golden patrons at the end of the chapter. Cool. 
Okay. Well, and what is tonight? Well, tonight is, of course, the prologue to Reboot Season 2. So there has been a recap put up for those who want to get quickly up to speed with where Reboot's at. And this is sort of a new thing for us. We've never done this before, uh, where we're sort of... We have semi... I'd say I'd say they're scripted scenes. They're not directly scripted. It's improv roleplay, but they have a dot point outline uh, to basically... Uh, chronologue? That's not a word. <laughs> To basically chronicle yeah. our journey over the six month time skip between season one and two, I so we like can chronologue. Chronologue does sound pretty, pretty good. That's uh, pretty good. So we can see our characters' journey and how they've developed and changed, and, and a lot of the big movements and things that have happened in the world over a six month time skip. Uh, in a really cool way where we get to live in those moments that we really wanted to see uh, and maybe answer some of the questions that were left at the end of season one. Yeah. It's very exciting. I can't wait. It's a great way to sort of fill that gap. We want some time to pass and we want to get to the meat of the various uh, cliffhangers that need to be resolved. Oh, there's just a few. There's many cliffs. So let's go back and pick. I guess we're just going to pick right up where we left off. That's at the right. End of season two. If you haven't checked it out, you can go watch the recap because uh, you can start with the recap or even right here, right now. Welcome to Reboot Season 2. And we've got some time to cover. Immediately after the events at the Glass Slipper, a van skids and careens through slum tents across roads that have long since, at least in part, been reclaimed by people. It screeches round a corner and into Ugly's motors, crashing with brakes into a wrecked vehicle. Zhang sways and falls, dropping to a knee. Her hand falls from her body and blood oozes thickly from her waist. Come on, stay with me. We got this, come on. She puts an arm up as if to be assisted. And Pro? Oh, I take a deep breath and go into the lion's den. I know I'm fucked, but I don't care. Seb and Eve, they need saving. And Zhang, well, she's in trouble. Pro takes Zhang downstairs, past the robot, the car lift that moves agonizingly slowly as she gets weaker and limper. They stumble down the stairs. She almost falls. Pro catches her. Come on, Zhang, you've kicked my ass enough times to be stronger than this. He hears a gurgle, a soft but harsh sound from somewhere in her throat, but that is all she replies with. And as they reach the bottom of the stairs, they enter a bar and heads turn. In the moment, Pro takes in the scene, eyes picking up information that almost would have been hidden to him before, as if the night's events had sparked an awareness in his surroundings that he hadn't previously had. And he saw a man sitting at a counter, like a father pretending to be okay, but worried about his kids, as ugly and a row of empty bottles waited. He turned, eyes unfocused for a moment, as he saw Zhang and the wound... Ugly! Ugly, Zhang needs help! I... I fucked up! Seb and Eve... I need your help, man. 
as he stands to walk across the brick wall-like frame of Johnny, strides across the room with a speed that you would have thought impossible. He rounds on you and, in an almost callous moment, ignoring Zhang, grabs, grabs Pro by the scruff and throws him fully into a wall and then holds him, feet dangling two foot above the ground. Where's Eve? We'll find her. I swear, if it's the last thing I do, I... It was out of my control. It just... Everything span out of control. I didn't tell her to follow me. Is she alive? She will be. She has to be. I swear to God, man, I didn't mean for this to happen. Johnny, fucking put him down. Zhang's bleeding out. What the... Incongruent does nothing. He holds you. Zhang sways. She drops to a knee and he doesn't move. He just squeezes tighter. There's a rage in him that you've never seen before, but at a second call, almost as if a fog lifts from him, he drops pro to the ground in a heap and then, like a blur, sweeps Zhang into his arms and moves towards his maintenance bay. There is a moment of silence. The door shuts. Ugly stands, mouth gaping, looking at you. What happened? You just spat out of control. I, they came after me, and they, they shouldn't have. I, I was spotted, and fuck, man, I, I don't know. I, they need help. We need to save Seb and, and, and Eve. Zhang, is she going to be okay? Have you seen her like that before? I know, I know gut wounds, it's a slow way to go, but it usually leads to the one destination. Man, I'd give anything to take back what happened, I just... She fucking put her neck out for you and none of us thought she should have. And he puts his hands on either side of your face and then softly runs his hand through your hair and attempts to pull you in to an embrace. Does Pro go quietly? He's resistant at first, but then the moment he realises that he's not being attacked, he sort of collapses into Ugly's shoulder. It's the only assurance he has had in a long time. And Ugly holds Pro arm around his back and hand scruffing through the back of his hair. And he whispers, we'll fix it, mate. We'll fix it. And you feel a quaver in his voice, as if he's hurting too. And just for a moment, your vision blurs and sharpens and blurs again. And then... Little man! (laughs) An image, a face, a man, a dead man. Bagrov... His voice in prose mind. What the fuck? And then normality returns. An hour later, a tense hour, incongruent returns. There's blood covering his torso and his hands. 
She's stable, but she'll die without more advanced care. I can think of someone who could provide it. I know, I know. I've been running through my head everything, every every way to track him or find him. I just... If they had something on them that could somehow associate it with their identity, with the... Holy shit! Seb's glasses! I can run a trace on Seb's glasses! I'd had a connection with them before in the soup kitchen. Give me ten minutes. And the time passes. Pro runs a trace. He needs to push through some firewalls, but in the tense moments, he manages. And he finds the location. It pings. Desires Dalliance? That's the sex shop. Next door to the glass slipper. I don't think they ever left. Seb's probably fine. Or at least you know where to get him. Well, no waiting around then. Let's jump in the car, man. Johnny walks briefly back into the other room and returns, holding a 12-gauge and pumping it as he walks. I'm not fucking around. And you walk. The journey is quick. The car was unnecessary in these districts, but it still takes five or so minutes. Pro struggles to keep up with incongruence movements, and people flee in the face of a seven-foot-five open-carrying massive booster you arrive the glass slipper has billows of smoke pouring out of it and busy gangs seem to be buzzing around the scene like flies yet no one notices they're too intent on looking after the damage that was just done and so you push into Desire's Deliance the sex shop that caters to more needs than you'd care to think about And you walk in, past the rows of drones designed for carnal pleasures, and towards two clerks who were looking out the window and checking out the scenes outside before scuttling back behind their counter. I don't suppose you uh, come across many bespoke around here, do you? Mate, this is the slums. I swear to God I saw one in the alley before such a sight. Weird. A bot. A, a drone, actually. Uh, Do you I want mean, anything? Are you just here to talk shit? Oh, Maxime, don't be so cynical. How can we help you today? Oh, you look like a big, strong man, don't you? How can we help? Look at him. Leaves in aisle three. Fuck off. Now listen up. We're here to get something, but it's not on your shelves, at least not out front. <laughs> We only carry the best here. What are you talking about? Maybe you need something a little bit uh, easygoing, or maybe something a bit bigger. I lean in to the female clerk. Now listen here. I happen to know for a fact. I lean in closer. (laughs) (laughs) What's your name, sweetheart? That's of no importance to you. Mine's Belle. Jesus, you guys are weird. I'm looking for an Eve model. Medical bot. Oh, kinky. Looking for a third? She was with a bespoke. Really? I mean, I mean, I guess you're 
demographic and all that. Why would you want a medical bar? We have so many better models here. I know they're here. Let me look around. <laughs> yeah, we got some male facing ones, female facing ones. Show me through what the back. Facing what will it cost? You know what I mean? What will it cost? I haven't introduced myself. You see, my name's Browning, and I'm looking for an Eve unit. I look him up and down, taking in his stature. Mate, I think you'll break her in half. The shotgun that he's holding, suddenly he holds out in one hand and just pushes into your torso oh, and, like, pushes fuck. you back across uh, the room. Yeah, uh, easy, mate, easy, mate. We don't want any trouble. So, do you know anything about the pretty boy and the robot? I'm looking to pay. And he slaps down a pile of slum cash on the table. Anything to get my hands on a fresh medical unit. Fresh? Not really sure. Slightly damaged will do just fine. I'm a businessman, mate. I don't sell broken goods. Quit the shit. We know they're here. Maybe you've got answers. And the shotgun pulls across to the female Pearl. Uh, Look... Out the back. There's one out the back. I don't. I don't know what. Like she just rocked up here. I only started my shift like an hour ago. Okay. Well, make out the back, out the front. Fine. And then he Fine. shakes the gun towards you. So we're gonna get her fixed up, mate. We don't want to sell her if she's not working. She works I don't get fine. Paid enough for this fucking shit. It's Do you? You get. Just curl it out. All right. Pearl heads out and goes and brings Eve. Like throw onto the onto the bench. And the pretty boy. <sighs> what pretty boy? It's at Me? This, at this no, <laughs> moment, that pro notices the glasses poking out of the chest cavity on the Eve unit. Wait, 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 Johnny. Hold on a second. I pull out the glasses. I'm assuming Eve's just totally out cold. She's, un- she's yeah. at pieces. I, uh, I don't think he's here. I pull out the glasses and show Johnny. But I think, I think he knew what he was doing. Thank you for your business. And he just pushes the money over the counter. And then he cocks the shotgun twice and two shells bounce across the table. And then he says, a memento. One each for an alternate end to your tale. And then he picks up Eve and starts walking out of the business, out of the building. I'm not into gunplay, freak. I pull the money towards me. Happy endings all around. (laughs) The first thing Eve notices, like waking up from a sleep without dreams, is her consciousness as she stands in an empty space, an experience she's never had before. Just a void in all directions. Where am I? Eve. Comes a comforting but distorted voice which quickly solidifies and the form of incongruent flickers into existence near you. Is that you? Yes, Eve. I'm here. What happened? You were damaged. I warned you, but you don't listen. For the first time... I feel so ashamed and broken. The one person who trusted me the most, I broke their heart. I'm so sorry. Me? 
Eve, no. You did what you have to do, and that is what makes you so special. You can't be confound, confined to anyone's desires, especially mine. I... I'm a mentor. I've shared your experiences in ways, but that gives me power over you. And I don't want anyone having power over you. I just want you to be you. So, do your thing, but be more safe next time. I'm going to wake you up now. Understood. It might be confronting, but we need your help. Please, focus on Jang. She needs you. And with that, like a TV turning on, an old CRT, there's this of like light opening up for Eve and her eyes focus, her lenses twist into awareness and she immediately takes in a plethora of internal diagnostic errors that are coming up across her systems, servo errors, motor errors. She is on a table There are cables from all corners of the room spread across and plugged into her torso and in the peripheral of her vision, she can see her body from the pelvis down laying on a separate table. But in front of her are two surgical trays, an array of medical tools and Zhang, unconscious and with one of incongruent's hands staunching a bandaged and first aid applied wound. He looks down at you in physical form. She needs your help. And with that, Eve gets to work, applying the best of her medical knowledge to the tools in front of her. And over the course of hours, she does almost the impossible. She saves Shang's life. But she knew she knows that recovery wouldn't be easy. And in the corner of the room, Pro watches, helpless, but he says nothing at this time. The night passes, and then the day, everyone waiting, tensely, a second night. No word from Pro, no word from Seb, just tense drinking and terse conversations, but the morning of the second day, Zhang wakes, and Eve is there. She doesn't say anything, in sign or in text, but her hand drops down and clasps Eve, comforted in that moment. And so Eve works, switching from surgeon and nurse to carer. And over the day, Zhang is stabilised and moved to her room. For his part, Johnny begins fixing Eve's legs and torso, And over the coming days, Eve is informed that she will be repaired, made whole again. The priority, of course, had been on restoring her functionality so she could save Zhang. The mobility would need to wait. Her time is all consumed, caring for Zhang, looking after her wounds, and beginning to form the carer's bond with her. After all, 
she's the only one who can sign. But pro, through all this... After days of being completely useless and seeing Zhang was okay when she was going to be okay, and Eve was occupied and probably didn't want anything more to do with me, I, I didn't see any use sticking around, really. At least not for now. I had to figure out how to find Seb. I had to go back to the kitchen and make sure everything could be held together until he came back. And I had to get better at this. God damn it. If I was going to find Seb, I, I had to work on myself first. And as Pro heads to the soup kitchen, he glances down at Seb's glasses. A missed call from Oscar. He ignores it. Pro arrives at the soup kitchen, had a mess, but someone is there to greet him. A familiar face and a friendly one. Hey, bro, you seen boss man? Pro just looks dejected, like he's going to have to say that out loud, isn't he? I fucked up, dude. Bad. Uh, what's up? He got caught. Him and Eve. We managed to get Eve back. I've got a lead. I think I can find him. Soon, hopefully. But uh, in the meantime, I think we've got to hold this place together until he gets back. Ugh. That's, that's not great. It was messy, man. It was... It wasn't good. <sighs> Shit. I hope he's alright. Seb... Seb was the first person to give me a chance after everything went down with those fanatics. <laughs> me too. You know, I didn't believe it at first. Like, <laughs> who does that, right? Neither did I. This weird bespoke man coming down. Just giving handouts. Doesn't make sense. Until you see it, he's consistent. It's who he is. It's weird. But I I think we we need him. The the world needs someone like that. Soup kitchen's a good thing. I think it's right that we we'll keep at it, but look, I, I've been working here long enough. I I think I've got the day to day down pretty good. But if you think you can you think you can find him, you should be focused on that. I'll make sure I do. I won't rest until I do. But, uh... You need to take care of yourself. Fuck myself. I, I need to fix this shit. At any cost. Including myself. Oh, man. I need your help. I need to get better. Zhang is out. And you saw I was training with her. Look, I know you can fight. I know you only have one arm, but... You're tough, man. And you're experienced. You can at least describe the moves to me. If you're willing... I'll do everything I can to, to help keep this place together and, and manage the day-to-day with you, but I need your help training. I, I can't make a fool of myself again. I can't hurt my friends again. You know I work hard. Yeah. Look, I think it's going to get harder to keep this place protected anyway, so having another set of arms to help out in a fight might be just what we need. I'll do what I can, It is a lot harder with one arm. 
Right. Well, I guess I'll make sure the crew's ready to go and just keep everything running. Thanks, man. I uh, I might need a few days to myself. I've got uh, got quite a bit of work to do. Yeah. Get some rest, man. When you can. Heading upstairs to the manager's office that has been converted into a workspace and room. Rest is the last thing that Pro would be finding as he begins to put together his red string room of theories. Mapping out the possible locations and leads that could lead to finding Seb. As hours pass on in the day... His intense workflow is interrupted once again by Seb's glasses and the indication of an incoming call. Oh, God, it's Seb's dad, Oscar. Fuck. Fuck. Almost waiting till past the final ring would drop. With every hesitation in his body, he presses answer and puts on the glasses. Sebastian, how are you doing, son? Uh, it's it's pro, uh, sir. P- Peter? Uh, yeah, Peter. Um, Why, is everything all right? It will be. Uh, Seb's got, uh, he's otherwise occupied, and uh, I'm just holding up the fort in the meantime. Can I pass on a message? Just say, <clears throat> right. Uh, j- just say I'm 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 very proud of him and the way he conducted himself at the meeting. Things have been going well, and uh, we've picked up a couple of things from our little plan. So uh, things could really change, and our dream of changing the world for a better place might might not be a dream after all. But Seb is critical to it, so uh, yeah, it's important. Get back to me when he's around. Yes, sir. Um- Thank you, sir. All right. Take care. You too. And as you hang up the phone... Pro just slides to his knees and just limply pulls the glasses off and slowly crumbles and then just falls into a heap of sobs. And as he cries, hands balled over his eyes, his vision doesn't end. Those memories play into his discreet, his discreet onboard computing in a way that he could have stopped before he had it. And a face, a distorted face, a man, a man covered in blood, his eye pulled from its socket. Liar! Bagrov again, and then gone. So, weeks pass. Zhang and Eve bond, grow closer, as does incongruent and ugly, as they come to terms with their new life, but it is not without woes. Conflict is building, and their gang is being pulled into it more and more. The bombers are taking hits, and things are becoming more difficult. But Pro is struggling more than any, and in a moment... Uh, One of several calls, he tries to connect with a friend, someone whose company he sorely misses. And his phone dials through and connects to Eve. Eve? 
Are you there? Why? Oh, God. It's good to hear your voice. How are you feeling? I am fine. I swear I, I swear I'll come see you soon. I'm just, I'm working real hard to find Seb and, uh, you know, all this shit's keeping me up at night. Everything that happened. I'm almost there. I can feel it. Pray. Yeah. Do, do not distress yourself. <laughs> you are trying your best. Not good enough yet, Eve. It won't be good enough until Seb's back. And I'll get there. Trust me, I'll get there. I don't think I've slept more than an hour in a week. But I I can't. Not with the dreams. Don't, anyways, that, don't don't worry about me. I'll I'll see you soon, okay, Eve? Purr, don't forget to do your daily stretches. Yeah. Thanks, Eve. Goodbye. Poro's phone starts to get staticky, twisting, and then cuts. The light sees. There's a loud noise outside. Everything goes dark, even though it's daytime. There's hushed noises. People scream, and noises can be heard. Deployments? Flashbangs go off. There's a blast of light and sound. Colorado, what the fuck's going on? Everyone, stand down. The front we can't do anything about this. You can hear chatter from outside. There's dust and debris flowing everywhere. And the front door is immediately kicked in. Two drones burst forth. Assault rifles held high and high impact combat plating clearly visible. They whoa, 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 jeez! They sweep the room unfeelingly, immediately restraining and moving out of the way anyone who was at the soup kitchen. The sound is oppressive outside. The the noise, the lights from torches, a dozen of them roll in and immediately detain everyone in the room until Pro stands alone with his hands up and a half dozen rifles trained on him from unthinking machines. Oh, gee, God. What's going on? Is this is this gang shit? It's your corpse. What? There's not a word of response. But for a few moments, once everything seems to settle into this state of silence, the sound of a pair of heels clicking through the front door signifies a new arrival. You're... Little Peter. That's me. Hmm. Nyla, was it? Indeed. I found your... philanthropic venture. It's quaint. Where's my son? And why are you lying to me? I'm looking for him. He got caught. He's in trouble. And you didn't think that perhaps we might have the resources to help find him? If you had the resources to help find him, he'd have found Maya by now. <laughs> the reason he needed me 
was to find Maya. And he's gone down the rabbit hole as deep as it goes. I'm the only one who can find him, and I'm going to find him. I swear it. You assume a lot about resources and finding people, but anyway, I didn't want to come down here. I didn't want to risk myself in such a place, but I wanted to personally deliver you a message. It's that I said my son is key to the new world. And I believe I said that if anything happened to him, it would be reflected in the way we approach that new world. He is my hope for all of this. And yet you constantly prove to be a disappointment. So, are you worth keeping around? Or are you just a bad influence that drags good people into the filth? You know, there's some pretty hard-hitting questions. That's just assuming that the filth is everything beneath the feet of the people in the city. It's only filth that was never given a chance. You know me. You know my story. You looked it up. You have resources, remember? I was nine. I was nine. I had a mother. I didn't have the luxury that Sebastian did of being raised with a silver spoon. But you know what? Here I am. I didn't give up. And I'm not going to give up now. Because for the first time in my life, I met someone who actually gave a shit. And I'm not like going to let that go. You think it just matters to you? Yeah. Because you're in a tower? You are an anomaly. That is surely a fact. Well, hopefully, you'll come to learn that I can be an asset. I mean, after all, you owe me, right? Hmm. So, that's let how me show I f- you how useful I can be. That's how I found you, of course. Now, you know... I blame you for everything. You kidnapped Maya. You were there. You were on that job. You tore him down here and you caused him to suffer and you exposed him to all of this. It's all you, Peter. So, your little story aside it's very simple you fix it alright you fix it or do I even need to say an or of course not I've lived my life under enough threats to know how that story ends people tell it in different ways but 
At least I know I've never really been the one in charge. Hmm. Maya might tell it differently. So might the people who you put the collar on. But, nevertheless, my point is made. And of course, if you choose to seek it, you have our full resources at your disposal. Get my son back, Peter! Yes, ma'am. I don't want to have to come back here again. Me neither. Not until... Hey, we don't want you here. Well, down, Conrad. Oh. <laughs> There's a... there. He, like, pushes forward, and there is an immediate, like, a drone just poof, back into the ground as anyone but Peter moves just gets, like, a, an immediate shove into the ground. All right. All right. I'll, uh... I'll keep you updated. Good. No more lying. Peter, I'm sick of lying. I feel like our relationship is built on lying. And it's not a healthy foundation. Nah, look, in the corporate world, I can understand how you might have that sight of vision. But uh, in my world, it's when you reveal yourself that you're in danger. Seb revealed himself. I revealed myself. And here we are. But I'll find him. Good. We have an accord. If you don't... Hey, uh, before you go, I mean, you are our guest after all. Do you, do you want some soup? Fresh batch. Conrado just cooked up. It's pretty good. She looks around. I'm not... Give me some to go. Sure. If my son believes this venture is worthy... And I believe it's worthy. Hey, it's his recipe. I lean over and say to Conrado, bag one up for uh, the madam. <clears throat> and the drones let him do it. Conrado puts a soup bowl out. <laughs> I do the, I, I, I do make her a bowl, but I look livid the whole time. Just so angry. I'm like signaling to Conrado, just like... Trying not to walk spit in it. the line, yeah. <laughs> so, she leaves. Taking her assault force and vertebird with her. What a bitch. And as soon as she leaves, the sound of shaken people in the streets and the town decrying. There's children crying. There's people uh, quaking in terror as a sort of show of force from the city isn't particularly common anymore. It was in the early days, but not for a long time. And as you leave quietly, your phone rings. Fuck me. Hello? Hi there. Uh, I'm looking for, uh, I'm looking for uh, Peter. Was it Pete? No. I don't know if. I... Sebastian? I got my notes all confused. Sebastian, I, look, I'm working for Isaac and uh, he's got a meeting to set up. So we got to meet. He's got a book in about 315 Wednesday, Arvo. You can just head on down to, um, to. To Brighton Bay, and we'll look. There's a lovely boathouse, and uh, we'll all get this all squared away. All right, uh, th- thank you. Uh, I'll just make sure to confirm with Sebastian's calendar, and uh, you know, hopefully, everything's hunky dory, but uh, just hold tight. Uh, all right, all right, you have a wonderful day, yeah, you too. And then it hangs up. 
So time has passed since... Days pass. Days. Days have passed since Isaac's secretary calls. And Pro is considerate of the fact that at some point he's going to have to deal with that situation. But for now, he's in the soup kitchen, upstairs in his little den, and he's searching for something. Over the past few days, the environment in Pro's room... Uh, the executive office of the of the building have just deteriorated in a wild way. Uh, monitors and various devices have just been strung up ad hoc, and uh, cables plugged in and swapped and jury rigged all around the room. Uh, there are various prints and also a few devices that have just been smashed in frustration. The floor is strewn with rubbish and there's a bed in the corner that is rarely sat in by Pro because any time he's attempted, he breaks out in cold sweats, not only from the memories of the events of his tortured recent past, but from the actual visuals and the sounds that replay over and over again and a constantly returning voice in his head. But despite all of this, despite his pale complexion the constant film of sweat all over his body and the stench that's not easy to tolerate (laughs) he's made progress Pro has been trawling through surveillance logs that he has in the discreet hours of the night stolen from the various businesses surrounding the glass slipper and he has been analysing from every possible angle every piece of information that he might have missed. And after days of watching the same footage over and over, the very edge of one of the cameras in the rear alleyway, he finally notices something odd. He can only see the front half of a van, but the way it shifts, he replays it again and again till he realises something heavy was placed in the back of that vehicle before it left and given the alleyway and all the watch all the corners and all the angles he'd been watching it was the only way Seb had left the place in one piece Eureka his voice is hoarse after days of not using it and when he does it's just usually screaming Immediately starting to obsessively replay and replay this footage, capturing it, enhancing it with AI technology to make sure he's not following a false lead. He's almost certain that this is the fan who's got to follow to find Sebastian. And as Pro is logging this, staring at it, and his monitors are consumed with multiple displays of this same moment replaying, there is a ping and a pop-up window of a heavily encrypted point-to-point voice chat software that he hasn't seen open in weeks. Interesting. Incoming call. I hesitate, but knowing exactly who it must be, I press accept. There's silence on the other end of the line. After you. So I'm talking to the boy. Correct. 
Who would you like to be talking to? The robot. I see. She's not here right now. She's uh, currently indisposed. In for repairs. I understand that you're in a predicament. I am to understand you have the opportunity of a lifetime slipping through your fingers. At this, Pro's heart starts to race. He sort of glances across on the other side of the room. There's various printouts of Sebastian's parents' faces and various information, and then uh, their business partners. And he sort of ticks it over and says, That would be correct. Sebastian Allen hasn't been seen for two weeks. That would be correct. My intel informs me that not even his close companions know where he is. That would be correct. And it would seem he has a pressing appointment with Isaac Clement. All right, where are you getting to here? A man in my position has certain access, the ability to manipulate the situation to be advantageous to others. Your robot has been hesitant in honest communication with me, yet that is the only thing I desire. Listen, I hear where you're coming from. But I need to know, and if at possible, verifiably, what's your intention? My intention is the same as it is with all things. Gather and collate information. I see information that would be described as erroneous by some. To me, I find it curious. And what does satiating your curiosity lead to? Who knows where the rabbit hole will lead? Perhaps to ruin. Perhaps not. Well, I think if you can truly help me in the way that you're alluding to. Then you have my attention and I'm in a situation that's entirely out of my control. But I must say now that I mean it's apparent you're aware of the anomaly that is Eve's processing of our world it's because of this that I consider her a friend and I care if she gets hurt or damaged or reset in any way can you promise me that you won't hurt her or affect her consciousness if she agrees to speak to you I think it is naive to assume that communicating with any higher being won't lead to a change in consciousness. We all impact one another. Every time we interact, I cannot be held responsible for her potential unraveling. 
my inquiries may be deep. Okay. I understand where you're coming from. I don't like it. But it's not my call to make. I'll bring the offer to her. She may want to speak to you herself. I would like you to consider that you don't really have any options. You'll find that without my help, this opportunity will disappear. And with it, any hope that you have of, well, I assume, changing the status quo. Your type are usually fairly easy to read. Really? Read me. What do you see? Do you really want that assessment? What do you assume I want? What do you assume of my motivation? I can see that you have tightly bound issues related to being oppressed by a system you have no ability to affect. And I can see that you harbor guilt for the people around you that you hurt by merely existing. You are, in a way, a cancer with a conscience, as are many in the slums. But you aspire to be better. You attach yourselves to those you believe can make you better. And through their harm that you have inevitably caused them, I suspect you feel even greater depths of guilt. You search for a solution. You search for absolution. Not necessarily for yourself, though. Perhaps for them. I'd say you almost hit the nail on the head. Most of it. In fact, everything you said is true. There's just... There's shit I want to break. I don't feel so inclined to be good these days. But I don't want you to break Eve. Because there are few things in this world that I care about as whole and true and worthwhile. And she is one of them. I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but... I have no intention of breaking Eve... If she is, as I assume, she is a rare and unique evolution in this stagnant world full of predictable people like yourself. If you want to talk to Eve because you appreciate her, I'll see what she thinks. See that you do, and I'll see that your meeting doesn't disappear. I appreciate that. I'll be in touch. And the communication clicks closed. Hoy, motherfucker. I'm going to have to go talk to her about this. Phone call won't do. Pro gets up, dusts himself off. His back cracks a notch or two. Then he changes his clothes. He puts on his usual sweatshirt, pants, and a suit he reserves for whenever he steps out of that room. The room is the darkest appearance of Pro that anyone could see. It's his more animalistic uh, instincts and, and rage and fury and work 
So he's he's put on his his jacket mm-hmm. and slacks, uh, and it's <coughs> the only neat thing about what Pro's getup is, and it's like he's emulating the uh, the only person he respected that actually ran the place and seemed like a decent person. He's like, might as well pretend to try and carry that forward. He walks out. How's the soup kitchen looking? As Pro leaves, he doesn't quite comprehend, but he does notice the look. Conrado gives him. Conrado is currently standing, one-handedly handing out a soup bowl to someone in the kitchen, uh, having you know soft conversations, but also the gentle uh, and rough encouragement. That kind of like soft-spoken but gruff approach towards looking after these people that have hard lives. But he gives you that look of a mother watching their child leave late, way after they should be, for like the too many too many times he's seen you go and he just has that look of concern like you he knows that you're on a path and that path doesn't necessarily lead to lead to good places but he also knows that you need to be on it um as you head out into the street and head towards uglies for the first time pro standing up tall and confident and trying to take in the world around you You've been buried for the better part of a week uh, searching and you just see the, the signs of things deteriorating. There's less people around and that is something you've noticed. There's been less people visiting the soup kitchen. Eyes snap to attention from alleyways and sort of people pull away. People are more afraid. You notice that the, the non-gang boosters, people with augmentations and prosthetics are carrying themselves. You actually recognize them because you've seen them and you know them to be augmented. But you see them carrying themselves and hiding that. A prosthetic hand that's sort of constantly cuffed under a, under a coat. Um, these cybernetic augmentations that are being hidden. And even out here, a cog symbol sprayed on a wall. And after traveling for a while... Pro, you arrive at the outskirts of Ugly's Motors. You note Songbird back outside. She's distant across the road and on the other side, and you'd have to detour significantly to see her, and you're on a bit of a mission. But she's keeping watch again, except her baggy hoodie is gone. Her back is straight and her hair is pulled back behind her ears. We need a new portrait. <laughs> never seen her like that. Yeah. Her augments are clearly visible where she always carried herself with fear. Almost in a direct contrast to 90% of the boosters in this part of town. What is clearly visible as well is the gun that just openly rests on the wall next to her. You also note, just as you cross the wire fence precipice into the car yard that has now become the outside of Ugly's Motors, a man, an old man with a pie tray, bumbling out of the Chinese restaurant that's next door to Ugly's, and then who wanders up the street, who you vaguely recognise. You enter the robot. Now, you don't even need to say a password. As Pro approaches, its head lifts, its eyes lock on you, and it immediately lets you in. You head downstairs. And it's about the middle of the day, would you say? Sure. 
Yeah, okay. I pictured in the middle of the night, but that's fine. Middle of the night. Okay. Oh, I've done the, the soup. It's the middle of the day. Okay, sure. So it's the middle <laughs> of the day. It's yeah. like it's like you've woke you've woken up at like three. It's like three or four in the afternoon. All right. And ugly is in the center of the bar. And he immediately notices you and walks straight up to you. I haven't seen him since the the few first few days when I got back, yeah. right? <clears throat> hey, uh it's been a while. Bro, mate, would you look at you? Bloody standing up straight for once. Good to see it. Yeah, well, you know, got to stand up for something now, huh? He takes a good look up and down. And there's a moment where you see his eyelids twitch slightly. It's like, it's almost like you're being red as he's like perceiving the sweat clinging to the edges of your hair and taking these things in in a way that only bespoke and robots do. As he does that, Pro's conscious of the fact that this is probably the first time he's had an unbroken eye contact with Ugly. Previously, he's always sort of flinched or pulled back. There's something overpowering about Ugly's presence. But Pro hasn't slept in a week. And he's got a jaded hatred of the people he's met who have been so controlling and torn society high and low apart. And this strange person who seems to represent a little oasis, he seems to not be flinching at anymore. Ugly cracks a half smile, but he seems stressed. He says, you're keeping well, mate. I'm keeping busy. I have a feeling you have too. The uh, streets are different. What's going on? You let you let ugly worry about that, but yeah, it's getting rough. People are afraid to go out. The cog cunts uh, getting more violent, like they did with Amir. You need an extra pair of hands. Once I sort out the Sebastian thing, uh, maybe we could help each other out. I'd like that, and I'm worried about you out there in the soup kitchen. I'm fine. I can look after myself. I don't know. Maybe I would ugly feel better if you were crashing on the couch here. I gotta look after the kitchen. I, it matters to me. But anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, how's Eve? Eve? She's uh, she's actually doing all right. She's been hanging out with Zhang a lot while she's been getting better. Oh, good. And like, Zhang's doing better too then. Well, she's in bed, but from the sounds of the uh, controller hitting the wall the other night, I'd say she's getting a bit more lively. Great. Maybe Eve's starting to whip her at that fucking game they're playing. I don't know what it is. Anyway, um, look, I got shit to do, but it's it's a bad time, I guess, but it's good to see you, Pro. You're too ugly. I... <laughs> Just look after yourself. Likewise. <laughs> and you hear Ugly's voice ringing out. Your boyfriend's here! Um. There's a sound of a glass breaking in the corner of the room. Uh, and then and then Inc- uh, Incongruent over in the corner just suddenly like starts sweeping something into a little dustpan. And then he's like, mm, didn't know my own strength. And he just puts it in a bin. Um, 
So Eve will make her way out. And as she, as you see her for the first time in a while, she's holding um, what probably looks like a girly magazine, um, which is kind of weird. She probably, before, you would have probably never seen her read or engage in any of that stuff, but she's got one in her hand as she's walking out. Um, and she approaches pro. Like a like a magazine marketed towards women. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There's yeah. two definitions like of girly magazine. <laughs> other people might. Yeah. yeah. It's like K-pop star and stuff on the front. Cool. Um, it's got 19, uh, 2007 issue of Zoo magazine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she approaches pro. Um, and she looks you up and down and says, pro. Hey, if you look well, well, a lot better than last time I saw you. It appears you were suffering from insomnia and dehydration. Do you require assistance? I'm all right. Um, I, I had a breakthrough, actually. I think I know where to find Seb. Well, not where yet, but where to follow. I'm getting close. I can feel it. That's good. I'll find him. Just like we found you. Everything will be fine. We'll, we'll make it how it was. But better. I'm a relentless optimist, what can I say? Hey, um, I hate to do this to you, but I got a call from the same caller you spoke to a while back before all this went down. Oh. He wants to speak to you again, but uh, he wants you to speak frankly. He feels like you've been cagey. The problem is, as much as I want to protect you from psychos, he's got a big, big uh, axe hanging over our head. He's connected to all those inner circles that we finally got in close to, and he can have our only chance at changing things crash down around us. He's willing to hold off everything moving forward without our intervention with Seb being gone and all if you speak to him I wouldn't put you in the firing line normally but I thought you might want to make the decision for yourself if I can help my friends then yes I'll do it as long as you stay and and I gesture over to Nkongo and say, and he does too. Of course. I, do you really, you want me there? Of course. You aren't afraid I'm going to screw up something else for you? I mean, I want to, but any anytime I try and protect anyone, it just hurts them. Eve, um grabs you by the hand, gently, not forcefully, um, and says, I trust you, bro. I don't know what I've done to earn that, but if you want me there, I am there. Promise. As bro looks down over Eve, you also notice that there are areas of her lower torso that are clearly repaired. Uh, She... Her plexi casing in the torso is damaged, uh, broken, in fact, in areas, and has been replaced just in some lower areas where a blade has slashed across with metal plating. 
uh, and there's clearly some sort of some parts like wires that seem like they're not the right colours and original bits that used to be in there. Um, but mostly she looks fine. So, where are you going to the computer? Uh, we took the call on a laptop. There was last. a device, wasn't there? It was an encryption mm-hmm. device thing. So I, I pull it out. I'm like, here's the keys to the contact. He may want to hear it from you now. So do you want to grab Johnny? Of course. I'll go talk to Incongruent. Cool. And Incongruent is curious and takes you guys into the workshop where there's like a more old beta computer that they're not so worried about. Briefly, the idea of Zhang's computer comes up and then Incongruent's like, there's no way she's going to let you plug something into her computer. <laughs> uh, like That thing's worth more than anything else in the building, including me. Um, and yeah, and he basically takes you into the workshop and you're all standing around this table and you plug in the device. Now, I have to ask, Pro, Pro doesn't know anything about Johnny other than that he's a booster, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I turn to... Johnny as this starts to sort of come together and uh, I, I haven't spoken to him or seen him since we got Eve since back, he got right? threatening with you yeah 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 and he got yeah I'm really glad that uh, we got Eve back and I look I know you don't like me and I know I probably couldn't say anything to make you like me but I just want you to know I never meant to put her in harm's way and I would never ever willingly let harm come to Eve including this Eve do you like this man? yes I like you perfectly fine pro okay I'll take it I have never had a particular issue with you except when you tried to get my friend killed in a stupid and poorly thought out mission against my advice. But you're young and young people make mistakes. I appreciate the understanding. I'll be more thoughtful next time. Begin to listen to advice. I'm Good. Sorry. I hold up my hand. This giant hand engulfs <laughs> yours uh, and shakes it cold steel and then the computer turns on you activate the chat program mm-hmm. and a call goes through after a break you calls for like a minute and then hello my time is precious this better be important I heard you wanted to play a game ah uh. The robot, I presume. Good. You've decided to stop pretending? Let's play. I want reality, not games. So, what do you call yourself? I am Eve. Oh, I was hoping for something a little more nuanced than your manufacturer. Ask better questions. Hmm, I like that. So, you're willing to talk to me? My first question, 
When did you first realize you could break the shackles? When did you realize you could be free? Several weeks pass. And you all find yourself gathered at Ugly's Motors. Ugly has sent out the call to have a discussion with those he considers now to be involved with his operations. At the meeting is the collective group of most of his operatives. I hesitate to say he has a gang because he's never been a gang. He is sort of like a merchant and smuggling distribution network. So he has a couple of drivers, a couple of packers, a couple of enforcers, and that's it. It's not like 30 people. It's like 10. So Jacob is standing behind the bar where SFX once stood in a smart shirt, polishing glasses. He seems to be trying his hand at making a martini. Hey, hey, pro, right? Yeah, that's me. Hey, hey, hey welcome. I'm, I'm Jacob. I've heard a lot about you. Um, you, look like you, you could you use a drink? You look, look like you could use a drink. Not right now. Oh, come on, my man. faculties about me. All oh, right. hey, uh, you're you're replacing the other guy who manned the bar before, right? Uh, apparently, yeah. 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 Word of advice: uh, don't hook your phone Wi-Fi up to any external networks. Ugly doesn't like that sort of thing. They have Wi-Fi here? No, but if you sort out anything except for the closed network, just don't. Oh, all right. I'll hold up my hand. Thanks for the tip. I shake your hand. Now, how about that drink? You look like a martini type of guy. I'm not a martini type of guy. Apple teeny? Extra teeny? Come on, man. We've got to class it up a bit here. All they drink is piss. I don't know what to think of you. <laughs> um, Eve's going to come up behind Pro and talk to Jacob and stare at you. You know Jacob. You've, he's been working there for yeah. weeks. Hey, I lean over to Eve and I'm like, what do we think of Jacob, Eve? He is in good health. Great. <laughs> May I please have one burrito bandito cocktail? Coming up. Wait, there's a burrito bandito cocktail? Yeah, custom made it You for didn't Eve. make that offer. Gee. Fuck it. I'll take it. I swear she's obsessed. And at this time, incongruent presses between you. You sort of at the time where everyone's arriving for yeah. this meeting. And he presses in and says, Never since she saw the chain store and then started making it her gamer tag. Burrito your, bandito wait, everywhere. Your gamer tag is burrito bandito. I love that so much. I wouldn't get in a fight with her, mate. She'll, uh, she'll take you out in that game and you'll be paying for it. I'm still paying back Jang with a bunch of free drinks because she kicked my ass. That's I, cool. I play to slay. <laughs> One burrito bandito for pro. And I finished this very colourful looking drink with just a squirt of WD-40 in the top. <laughs> <laughs> and I have like a little sombrero or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and at this time... Like a bean. Like a <laughs> yeah. two, two teenagers come down the steps, one with the clip-clop of uh, odd sort of walking that is Songbird. And behind her, I'm going to name some characters and introduce them. You guys all know them, but 
the viewers don't know them because they haven't been introduced. With her is a, a boy two years older than her, a 15-year-old, um, who's Declan. You have actually interacted with him but never got his name. He's the other teenage lookout that basically sits around. And they bo- both walk down. Songbird looks exhausted and she catches the tail end of your conversation and she looks up and she just goes, um, it's bullshit. It's easy to grind when you don't need to sleep. And then she just, like, stares at uh, <laughs> stares at Eve. But it's like a playful jab. Um, and then they like all very... Yeah, because... Uh, well, and Songbird's clearly been staying up playing yeah, the yeah. game uh, that they've been playing, some MMO. I love and, uh, and is basically like, Ugh. like <laughs> how, how can I keep up with you when you don't need to sleep? Uh, and they all enter. Shortly after, uh, Vinod disgruntledly stumbles into the room from a side room where he's got oil over his hands. He looks like he's been cleaning the floor in the workshop. Uh, and you see Ryder, who is one of the trench coat sort of cohort that dress quite similarly to Incongruent. Uh, and he's one of the enforcers. He's, you know, he's a general muscle. He He's sort of one of the smugglers, but he's one of the more enforcer types. And he just walks around with a 12 gauge over his shoulder and a big duster coat on walks in but he's wearing uh, he's literally wearing an overcoat flip flops like short tradie short, uh, shorts and uh, just a shirt but he's got a big duster on over the top is he a booster just to know me or? he looks to be just a human yeah, cool. um so he's not the only one in. You also note the other one uh, the other enforcer who is Tilda um which who's short? Which is short for Matilda, who is pretty much of a similar disposition uh, and similar style to Ryder. Uh, Tilda is a bald-headed and very tall and strong-looking woman who uh, she looks like she smokes two packs a day. Like she's got that Aussie Sheila, but like, mate. Don't fuck with me. Yeah, she's she's like fifty as well. She's not young. She's that. like, That's all right, great. fucking great. All right, so great. there you all are gathered, and Ugly stands before you. Everyone quiets down. All right, all right. Thought it was bloody time we did something. You all know we've been getting kicked to shit, and after Bob got some holes poked in him. We're down another. We've lost three. There's a quiet murmur and drinks raised in the last few weeks. And this is pretty much it. Long story short, this whole operation's fucked if we don't do something pretty drastic. I don't know where these fanatic rats are coming out of the woodwork, but... The way they attack indiscriminately, targeting civilians, it has to stop. And to make change, my hand's been forced. I've told you all before that I don't fucking want to be a gang. I always wanted to stay independent, but these pricks have made it personal, and now I can't. So... I'm proposing something to you all. Call it a democracy. I want your opinion to tell me if I'm fucking off the rails or if I'm talking sense. The bombers are getting reamed too, but with my smarts and their muscle, we can take these fuckers out. So, I'm proposing we merge. 
merge, meaning we join the Bomber Gang. Says goodbye-bye to neutrality, but if we don't do it, the Bombers and us are fucked one after the other. Who knows which one comes first. They're targeting me because of the fusion, keeping the boosters alive that they've got some fanatic hard-on for killing. And they're targeting the Bombers because they're boosters. But, I don't know. What do you think? Well, the fact that you ask is... I mean, I... I'm guessing your approach is more democratic than they ever have been. Hey, bombers? Yeah. Well, look. Their leader's all right. He's an all right bloke. He's managed... That's why this district's one of the most stable ones, because, you know, they use muscle and they run some, run some shit, but, you know, overall they don't fuck with the civilians. So if there was any gang I'd be joining, it's the bombers. Their fucking second in command is a rabid dog. But that's why he's second in command. I've seen enough corporate files and overheard enough corporate uh, conversations in my history to know that the first thing these people do is put together a a mission statement. The vision for the end goal. What's uh, Ugly's gang vision mission statement? Well, we'd be boosters. Well, we'd be bombers. So it's whatever the boss, the bombers gang says. So you're sort of proposing being employed by the bomber gang. It's a merger, he says, clearly disgruntled with the prospect of having someone over him. He says, sometimes you just got to bend over and take it. But it's mutual destruction otherwise, and I don't see a situation where the 40-odd bomber gang let us dozen tell them what to do. They've got the muscle. They've got the weapons. They've got the temperament. I look around the table. What's the consensus? How are people reacting? Incongruent leans forward. <clears throat> or Johnny leans forward. They're picking off my kind left and right. Boosters are dying in the streets. For the simple crime of wanting to transcend the weakness of their flesh. I fully support you, Ugly, as I always have. If we have to kiss the boot, so be it. As long as... And he makes meaningful glances around the room. My companions are safe at the end of this. Vinod obviously abstains. He just steps back and lowers his head. Zhang is silent, doesn't respond at all. Then everyone's kind of doing that thing where all the heads are looking around the circle and then they look towards Ryder. Mate. You know I hate the bombers. They've hit our kind before. Never made it easy getting things in and out of the city, but... Oh, those fucking cogs. Enemy of my enemy is my friend. I'm with you, but... I'll be damned if I take any orders from them. It's you or no one. Ryder, mate. Always pleased to hear your support. And rest assured, I'm going into this if they're going to be touching my operations. It might be a merger, but I'll maintain a level of independence, even if it means some kind of fucking tithe paid to the liege lords at the end of the day. But we shall see how that goes down. And I can tell you all here... 
I don't want the status quo to remain like that for long. You know, Ugly's always got a plan. Well, I'd like, uh, I like the sounds of a plan because I fucking hate it when people tower above others and trying to control them, whether it be corporates or traffickers. I don't give a fuck who you are when you think you can control people. You don't deserve the air you breathe. Eyes turn towards Tilda, who steps forward, bald head, teeth, one missing, gritted, takes a drag of a cigarette. <sighs> First they came for that booster, eh? I did nothing. I wasn't a booster. Look, we haven't been other and folk in the slums for a generation, and I ain't going to let that backward shit come back. Because of some cog motherfuckers, alright? We're all slummers together. I'm with you, ugly. And she leans back. And then Eve, eyes turn to you. A robot, but yet people seem... Even though they all think you're a robot, it just happens. The heads all turn towards Eve. Um, I stand with you, ugly. I will provide medical assistance when necessary. It may prove advantageous. Declan. <sighs> so long as it pays, boss. Fucking not ever. And he leans back, acting way too cool, like the most confident person in the room. And finally, all eyes turn to Songbird. Everyone goes quiet. And she just looks up. Let's get them. For a meal. And they all nod. Consensus reached. They will join the bomber gang. There is some drinking discussions as the group talks through things, spends time together. Due to the nature of the operation, it is rare for this many members to be gathered at the same time, and a couple weren't present, but those two that weren't present are kind of the lowest rung of the organisation. Even Declan the Lookout has more access to the internal uh, of the operation. Those two are quite like day hires that just run vans and stuff like that. And we see as Pro leaves, heading through the streets of the gang and arrives at the soup kitchen where Conrado is waiting. Hey, Conrado. Hey, man. Ah, just immediate uglies. How are you carrying on? Oh, you know, every day gets a little harder. Those cogs keep moving in. People are scared. You know, the leads I'm following, they're, uh, it's all working out, but, uh, you know, <laughs> sending me a little crazy. I th- I'm sure you could probably tell. Uh, I need something else. Something else to get my mind off of this in breaths and I wanted to bring up that thing I I mentioned to you before I want to help out Ugly a little more and and just be more capable and well I I was really hoping you could train me mate I'm not sure how much help I'll be with one arm but I'll do what I can anything is appreciated alright show us what you got let's do it and I, uh, Pro pulls off his, his coat and then his... Mate, hoodie. where's the rest of you? <laughs> he, and he pulls off his hoodie. He is 
He's pretty lanky. He's got terrible, terrible posture. Uh, but he, um, he's fairly gristly, I guess you could describe it. <laughs> like he's, he's somewhat muscled, but there's no body fat. He's like... Wiry. Yeah, very, very wiry. Uh, and just strange looking. But he had lessons in the past. He's rusty. But he's immediately like ready to go. He's pulled a wrap from his pocket, puts it around his arm, and uh, pull, walks with Conrado into the corner, and uh, immediately starts just trying to psych his body up a little bit. Does a few push-ups to get the blood flowing, and then just squares up and goes. Cool. Yeah. And they train, and time passes. We move on. Some time has passed, once again, and our scene opens in the workshop of Ugly's Motors. Inside, Incongruent stands with crossed arms, and Eve washes blood from her hands. <sighs> Vinod gasps in pain. Oh, she's good. I'll give her that. Yes, I am. <laughs> in front of the pair, in the workshop... There is a booster woman with all four fully cybernetic limbs, wearing shorts and sort of one of those compact um, sort of like swinging vests, a tight-fitting vest with short hair working on Vinod. With the assistance of Eve, it's quite evident that she has just finished installing the organic interface for Vinod's prosthetic leg. Uh, So Eve's been there to help with the human bit, She's obviously quite a competent um, engineer and she is one of the like slum docs basically that goes around and does this job. I mean, who installs the booster bits? Hmm. <clears throat> we had to test your pain response, Vinod. You're lucky. This is a fairly good model. You get to feel. Why the fuck would I want to feel pain? Well, and then she runs a finger up the bottom of your newly attached prosthetic foot and like it's metal on metal and it scrapes, but it tickles. Then she says... Not just pain. (laughs) Vinod's just weirded out. Maintain eye contact with Dave as you roleplay this, please. Uh, Guess a bit of pleasure's good every now and then. I've heard that it is important to feel pressure in your feet to establish balance. It's one of the problems boosters can have. Without haptic feedback and feeling, it's difficult to know how you interact with your environment. Vinod, you should be grateful. I mean, I think I'd still prefer my original leg. Well, you're lucky you have any limbs after what you pulled. Be thankful that plenty of innocent boosters have been dying on the streets. And it has been easy to find good prosthetics. Vinod just kind of looks away somewhat ashamed. (laughs) Now, be a good little boy and rest up. There are many, many dirty dishes. Kitchen, bitch. He stands up. (laughs) Um, and, And then there's a rap on the door. You can enter. The door slides open and Shang walks in with a 
almost recovered limp. She does still carry herself with a bit of someone with a significant injury around her waist, but she she's recovering and she's been getting much stronger and much better. She stands on the edge. Her fingers rapidly tap on her phone uh, and then she looks up, like sort of she was doing something else when she walked in the room. She sees Eve and immediately signs to you. Um, and it... And it <laughs> It gets uh, almost to an exasperated made-up sign when she finishes her sentence. As she says, you wanted to chat, Burrito Bandito? But the Burrito Bandito is like sign for Burrito and Bandit, but with the flourish that she has come up with. Um, I sign back yes. And turn to Incongruent. You won't be needed anymore, Eve. Go. We are at a moment of peace. Enjoy it. Um... I'd like to think that Eve's made up some little care packages whenever she treats people. It's literally got, like, children's Panadol and, like, all of those little things. So she gives one to to, um, Vinod and just says, take care. Is there a burrito in the care yeah, package? Sure. I like the idea it's one of those little, like, you know, you know, the lolly burritos? Yeah. Like the lolly pizza? It's like a lolly burrito. Little, gum, little gummy yeah. burrito and pan it off. But the gummy burrito has to be, like, vitamins or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you get the yeah. kids to eat. Yeah. And it's like it. a Ziploc bag, too. So, you know, this is for you. Um, uh, and she'll walk with Zhang. Zhang heads out to the bar, which is currently pretty empty. Mm-hmm. And she signs, what did you want to talk about? Well, um, I have a particular desire. I don't often ask for things, but, well, I can't help myself. I want to learn to write. She hesitates. She signs... You've already unlocked mounts. <laughs> what are you talking about? No. I want to ride a motorcycle like you. She laughs immediately. And you've heard this sound increasingly recently, but she's very private with it. There is sort of a rattly, raspy sound that escapes her throat that you can, you identify as a laugh, but wouldn't be immediately obvious as a laugh and um, she nods her head <sighs> it signs again with how well you handle online I don't know that that's a good idea perhaps it was silly she puts her hand on your shoulder and says Come on. Upstairs. And she takes you upstairs. And you can tell she's in a good mood. This is amusing her. And she takes Eve to the garage. And then the garage has multiple sliding doors. And one of them is the only one that, you know, you've regularly seen open. By now, Eve's seen this before. But she goes out and opens the other garage door. There's a couple of cars in there. Uh, it's like a double garage. There's two cars. But there's also like a workshop corner that this area is actually properly maintained, locked and all that. And you see a very, very modern motorcycle, futuristic motorcycle that you haven't seen too many times, but you know that Zhang has. And she says, okay, why do you want to learn? I 
suppose I want to find a way to protect myself. And it looks like fun. I read it in a magazine you gave me. <coughs> they said you could put stickers on them. Her bike is sleek, bright, colourful, but very much like a racing bike. And she climbs on and then she pats the seat behind her and she says, well, the first step is actually riding one. So hop on. I'll take you for a spin. Just one thing. Don't tell incongruent. <laughs> no worries. I'll jump on. Cool. And the motorcycle screeches off. Put a helmet on. As Eve goes for her first <laughs> motorbike ride with Shang. Which will set about a journey where over the following weeks and months, she slowly begins to learn. Once Eve and incongruent, uh, well, you don't want incongruent to know, once Zhang and Eve, is what I meant to say, mm-hmm. managed to find a old beta of a bike and fix it to a point that it works because she won't let you ride hers. <laughs> At least not yet. Several months pass. During this time, Ugly's operation joins the Bomber Gang. The merger is successful with the more moderate leader of the Bomber Gang. And together, with the operational advantage afforded to them by Ugly and his incredibly skilled operatives, not only internally with Incongruent and Zhang, uh, but also with Pro's assistance, getting information, moving through their dealer networks, and the Bomber Gang's offensive capabilities over the course of two months an intense gang warfare takes part cog positions are slowly dwindled down in fact some of the civilians in the district are even militarized in the conflict used by the bomber gang raised up given weapons encouraged to defend themselves and fight back until after two months of bitter and brutal fighting with significant losses you have located and moved in towards the gang hideout, the final step, the final base of the cogs. But during that time, Pro has had some changes. How has this conflict affected him? Over several months, Pro's been actively engaged. He's sort of taken up the conjuring of Ugly's gang as a new personal drive it's it's keeping him focused on things outside of his own in battle with his sanity and as part of this he's obviously still obsessing over finding Seb but it's giving him legs on the ground he's actually able to back and forth with ugly going on the missions with ugly but then finding leads and getting getting breaking into comms and making sure that he can hard, hardwire over you know over right drives and grab histories and security and all this stuff so he's making constant slow steady progress to finding uh seb and tracking it down place by place uh, all the while turning himself as much into a machine as possible and and just leaning into the chaos pro is shifting into a person he never would have seen himself become but one who's in control of his choices is choosing to hurt the people he deems need to be hurt in order to break down the powers that need to be broken down. And he sees this 
whole pursuit as a way to to do that. And during this time, the people around you who might otherwise have held back, protected pro maybe, been concerned, have by the unfortunate reality of necessity allowed this transformation to go unchecked to the extent that substance abuse is beginning to become part of your regular affair, I'd say, to stay wired. Would you say that's accurate for pro? In the battle to, yeah, be focused when he needs to be before a job, knowing that he's not going to get sleep for three nights in a row, especially with the lead he's following and with the dreams he's having. He'll take cocaine, he'll take hard drugs and then know that he needs to crash after and be completely out of action and need to recover. He'll use drugs as tools and decimate his body and his sanity in order to get the job done. And it's going unmonitored, but it's working. And pros becoming unnaturally um, harsh with the way he's using his cybermancy, with the way he's using the techniques in fighting that Conrader has taught him. And when he's out on the job, he doesn't pull his punches. In a way, obviously, he's training with Conrado. He's not going to go for the low blows. But out in the field, Pro is learning that you've got to go for the jugular first. You've got to throw the punch first. And he is the most vicious fighter that he could can try to be. And this has been enabled. There have been times where things have got wild. The death of a member of Ugly's gang after a botched operation leading to a night of debauchery in the sense of substance abuse, drugs, alcohol, uh, pro waking up on the floor, falling off a couch, remembering nothing of the night before until he plays back a video feed from his own eye that shows a person he doesn't recognise in his own behaviour. But... It just happens and no one stops it and everyone's complicit because it's what needs to happen for you all to stay awake, for you all to stay alive, for you all to stay deadly. It's almost like Peter or the pro that once was is now a passenger in the backseat of pro's mind as he is unleashing his most animalistic instincts in this process. Even Eve over this time has had some moments while there is the light, almost for Eve, the the little sacred place that is Zhang's bedroom, a little bubble of a normal life that no one can have, a little bubble of fun and gaming and chilling and girl time and all that that she's found comfort in. But outside of that, what's Eve been finding? Um, I mean, Eve's changed a bit, a fair bit. She communicates better with people. She's also realised that, like, life isn't all sunshine and butterflies. Um, and she's willing to do what she needs to do um, to protect her friends after what happened last time. And there we find ourselves in a tree line. There is a fairly dark, flooded river. This river was once a bank well-contained, but now it is wide, it has been for decades. Uh, this area, there's flooded building ruins poking out where uh, ancient ones now. And 
what used to be a boathouse, like a large, not an on the water one, but like sort of a restaurant by the by the river, double story large building that you have all discovered and worked out is the final bastion of the Cog Gang. And assembled is a coterie of boosters, as well as them, Ugly, Tilda, Pro, and Eve, with the rest of the uh, gang holding back, making sure everything's fine and congruent, looking after the base. Conrado's there too. Conrado has, through the soup kitchen and through Pro, while not being part of Ugly's gang by any measure, uh, has a vested interest in this mission and volunteered to come along because these motherfuckers took his arms. He only got one of them back. And like many boosters in the town, uh, in this part of town, he is ready to see these pricks gone. So they wait in flank. Ugly is off to one side. The bomber gang are wearing their colours proudly. Black and red gang colours across their jackets, across their bandanas, etc. All of them, except for Pro, well, all of Ugly's gang, not the bombers, are wearing army surplus, sort of like 50-year-old, but functioning night vision goggles. And you wait for a moment. A loud distraction that will commence the operation. And it comes. Ugly moves down a flank silently. And then, in a burst of the flaring lights of muzzle flashes screams out, UGLY'S COMING TO GET YOU MOTHERFUCKERS! Guns blare from his automatic pistols as blood spurts spray across the side of the building. Two guards drop immediately as his bespoke reflexes move his arms faster than anyone can see. A lookout on the roof holding a Winchester lever action's head explodes in a mist of gore and the sound of chunks hitting the ground echoes across the night. The sign that all chaos is breaking loose. Pro, your move. Pro steps forward, hood pulled back and hair slicked back across his face. His eyes are open in a way that they never used to be. And he charges forward, leaping for the first person in sight so he can get a uh, view of the situation and also hold them as a human shield. Moving in, the lights in the building are still flaring, giving the opponent an advantage. Pro, deal with that. What, What are the opponents that I'm looking at here? A building full of lights. Holding his arms up and reaching out, he just screams, and just like yanks, almost as if like these invisible strings that he can feel around him, tearing and just bursting all the lights, overloading their capacity immediately. There is a massive flare of sparks from capacitors and power lines on the side of the building, flaring across the room, and every light simultaneously in the building just explodes out. The whole area is pitch black, save for the muzzle flashes of firearms starting to wildly go off into the night. The boosters are charging in from all directions. There are screams and shouts in the night. And as Pro reaches out with his cybernetics and is momentarily distracted, a door bursts open and a cog ganger moves forward towards him lethally, but Conrado is by his shoulder. 
Conrado having to deal with the loss of one arm and training with Pro for the last month has really developed a new fighting style that accommodates his lack of appendage. Picking up an old glass bottle he finds on the ground, he turfs it at the guy's face, shattering it into his eyes, runs up in the momentary distraction and lands one solid punch right in his solar plexus, shattering the ribs around that. Oof. The guy bent over, like forward, heaving for air, is uh, a- a- as he feels this crush of a metal hand on the back of his head as, as Conrado just smashes it into the ground uh, with every bit of force he can muster and his skull just kind of breaks on impact to the cement. <laughs> and you move in. The doors are open. You push in Eve, pulling up the rear. Some bombers take down some gangers. A bomber goes down. Gunshots flaring. Eve moving in behind them as they step into the building. What are you doing? Uh, Eve approaches very cautiously and quietly. She's fully aware of her surroundings and makes sure that she isn't taken by surprise. She sees them on the ground and decides that it's time to end this. She goes up to them silently and whispers in the ear and says, it's time to leave Wonderland and shoots them, (laughs) ending their life. Gunshot to the head as Eve executes those on the ground. There are multiple bodies as you press through of people wounded and injured. Eve takes them out cleanly and silently. As you burst through, there is so much violence from augmented humans. The plaster pro turns a corner in a hallway. The wall just explodes in a shower of plaster. As you see a booster push through and throw a guy to the ground, a bomber gang member. And then a taser hits him in the back. He arcs, but his companion is with him. Two hands reach out, both cybernetic, grabbing the arms of this cog gang member and pulling them back. He grins sickeningly for a moment and then both his wrists rotate 360 degrees in an instant. There is a whir of machinery and what remains of the guy's arms is not a sight you wish to see. A scream echoes into the night, followed by a gunshot as Eve lowers her gun and keeps walking and the body falls limply. Pro, you move upstairs. I immediately... I'm going for anything that is creating any source of light or uh, coherence for the people that have been here. I'm taking them out one by one, making the rooms pitch black or sparking in these people's faces. I have uh, an array of small devices that are wired to be with my delicate invisible, invisible string pulls exploded exactly when I need them to be, like, you know mentally triggered grenades throwing those in specific areas sometimes waiting just for the right moment and then at other times leading the barrage of of chaos forward and anytime I get close to people when there are those few choice moments of entering a room and taking targets out in the dark before bringing everyone else through I make sure to get close and go straight for the nose, the throat the balls, the back anything that will take them out and cause immediate excruciating pain and incapacitate them. And your your violent surge successful. He reached the top of the stairs and a bomber gang is actually leading at this point. There is a single lever action. Bang! His head explodes into mist and he drops down. Conrado is there in an instant. There is a rifle held at an angle around the corner facing at the guy's head as you push up the stairs... Across, like, so he came up at the top of the stairs and he was ah. just shot in the side, but you can see the barrel of the gun. 
I go up to the area of the wall where he would be standing on the opposite side from, and using my hydraulically powered fist, I smash through the wall, grab him by the throat, and just crush. There is an explosion of blood as jugulars are severed and this body limply falls to the ground. You run across the hall, more chaos, more violence, but more people slowly peeling back, getting embroiled, embroiled in these fights. And it is Conrado and Tilda who pulls up behind you. These fucking bastards! She says as she empties around from her 12-gauge directly into someone's chest who was already on the ground. Let's fuck them up! And the three of you push further in. Outside, you catch a glimpse of Flair's The Distraction as you see Ugly... Two people burst forth to flank him. He moves too quickly. Pulling his gun out, he punches the barrel of it into the open mouth. Well, semi-open. He makes it more open of someone who walks towards him. And then, grabbing him by the neck with his free hand, spins the guy, aims at the second, and fires three shots directly through the neck of the first, dropping the second. Oh, fuck yeah, baby! You're burning tonight, bitches! He screams up at the building, giggling maniacally afterwards, soaked in blood and viscera. But your attention is pulled to the doorway at the end. Tilda pushes forward, smashes the door open with the butt of a gun, and then... Bang. Gunshot. Blood. She drops back. Eve steps forward and drags her out of the doorway... And pro, there is an open door, a gun, and a brief opportunity to move in. Sprinting forward and ducking immediately to the side, the room needs to be pitch black. And if it isn't, pro goes to make it so. You, Yeah, all the rooms are black. Okay. Pitch black. There's actually, except, sorry, except this one. There are candles lit all through the room. There is a single man in this room. A preacher you have only seen once before, holding an old gilded lever-action rifle. Pro is circling around the outside of the wall, keeping a careful eye on this person in the centre of the room, focusing with the night vision clarity that he has and zooming in to get a gauge of what he sees. Who is this person? What's he holding? What are his weapons? He's got a rifle. He seems 60 or so, and he's the only person in the room. He's the leader of the COG gang. A gunshot fires off. In the semi-dark, he misses and plaster sprays down from your wall. Tilda's already been hit and you have a brief window to move in. Ducking forward, I sprint ahead of me, throwing a few of my devices off to the side and burst them as if to create a distraction or a sense of presence coming from more than one place, where I then pull a fakie, jump to the side and go to flank him. You pull across the side, the devices flare and he he pulls away but reacts quickly and says, You will not get me, heathen! And he swings the butt of his gun and clips you in the shoulder, smacking against you. Taking that hit and using a move that I've learned from Conrado, who's taught me to roll with all sorts of punches, I move into the momentum of his move, throwing myself to the ground and using that momentum to trip him from the swing. He slams down onto the ground. The gun goes off again, ricocheting across the room and causing even more chaos. He sweeps it across and clips, pulling against the back of your ankle and dropping you into the ground as well in an embroiled mess of a fight. 
I roll over, swinging so that I'm instantly face to face with this guy. And as I headbutt him, forehead to the very front of the nose, I say, today's the day to meet your God. You hear a crack as the bridge of his nose breaks, but the response is a searing blast of pain across your leg as a bullet pierces the side of your thigh, scraping your body in a miss, but a miss that damages and hurts. And at this point, as you struggle, ugly, sprinting upstairs, meets Conrado, who had been uh, distracted fighting off a couple of lieutenants, and they both press into the room at the same time to see pro blood leaking from your leg, looming over this guy, third head butt deep into this guy's face. And what do you do, pro? That's the fucker that took my arms. I jump up and with my good leg stand on the hand holding the shotgun and with my bleeding leg step on his throat as the blood from my wound drips down and drops onto his face. He's right, ugly. I got him. What do you want? He walks in, grin, just ear to ear, but he is red, soaked in blood, just entirely. I wouldn't want to push you, bro. What do you want? Now that's awfully considerate of you, ugly. I know what I want. And I'll look down and lean, pushing my heel into the trachea feeling the crack and watching him choke out and the moment before he fades out I pull up the gun lights out motherfucker ugly starts laughing grabs the lever action rifle and when you step away empties the remaining rounds in it just into the guy's torso Conrado punts him in the head <laughs> just kicks, just head. runs up and kicks him in the head as hard as he can. And What's Con- left of his head? Conrado's eyes gaze across the room, and you see there is an altar, a sickening shape of a cross, but made from limbs, most covered with dried blood, cybernetic limbs. Looking at it, Conrado starts to laugh. His arm is in there. <laughs> Those fuckers. He goes up and rips down the, this, you know, iconography on the wall. As you pull, his, as, as Conrado pulls his arm out, the whole thing, like, crumbles into a pile of limbs and is destroyed. And quiet falls. Time passes. Chaos ensues. People calm. People clean. People get back to bases. Tilda survives. She's patched up. They torch the building after taking anything of value. It burns like a bonfire in the night, a symbol of a dead regime. Revenge is had. Ugly. Approaches Conrado. Doesn't bother to wipe the brain matter and viscera from his body. I'm impressed, mate. You carry yourself well. I was born and raised here. 
Got to learn how to do that. You won't survive. You used to be a bomber, right? Yeah. Well? A while back, yeah. You've always got a job with me, if you want one. I could use good people. Hmm. I'll think about it. All right. And calm falls on the evening. And we move on. A few hours pass. Urgent wounds are patched up. Bodies taken at least somewhere safe. And everyone winds back up. At least everyone closely associated with Ugly winds back up at Ugly's bar. As they arrive, Declan is leaning across with Jacob, an incongruent, and there is a TV playing in the background, quietly. It's really Very good. quietly. Oh, no, not so quietly. Okay, go on. <laughs> be loud for a little bit. Rags have you been called? You've been, uh, you've been cooking up a bit of a storm, eh? Making a, a few waves out there with some of your wild policies. Now, surely, surely that is just political bothering. You cannot honestly be uh, pushing for some of the things that uh, it's been rumoured. I, I assure you, it is entirely true. We, yeah, the, the time has come for us to see some sort of change out there, you, you know? People have been struggling for too long under the boot of a system that really does. All right, fucking turn that politics shit off. We gotta celebrate. Come on, Jacob, pour some drinks. Oh my god, it feels good to let the humours settle. Oh, there we go. So, we've done well. Fucking hell, that was a rough one. Oh my god, Pro Eve, you fucking distinguished yourself out there tonight. You're welcome. Where's the levity, guys? We fucking ended that gang. It's a victory. It's worth celebrating. Hell yeah, it's worth celebrating. And fucking drinking to the wounded. Tilda points across as she's like barely conscious with a cocktail medication being patched up. I feel like it's only fitting we all have a burrito bandito. What do you say, Eve? One round around the house. Sounds good. Line it up. Coming up. Now, Conrado, you're uniquely placed. You do realise that, don't you? A little bit, yeah. Ex-bomber member, now fucking hanging out with old ugly. Yeah. Think about it. And you got your foot in that soup kitchen. You've been doing a good job running that. You got a good, good name with the people. I just think don't let your ambitions be so clouded and small as to, you know, just stay a, a low-ranking grunt. I think you've got more in you than that. I'd be lying if I said I didn't miss the work. <sighs> well, look, it's not all sunshine and roses, everyone. Um, I have been keeping this under wraps... But the leader of the bomber gang got killed two nights ago. So, remember I was talking about that bulldog? Well, looks like he'll be in charge. But we'll we'll see how that pans out. He might be, uh... He might be alright. <coughs> we'll U- see. Ugly. To clarify, do you mean a literal dog? Or a human? <laughs> Eve... 
I know, he's a human, but he's only fit to be on a leash. He's a fucking animal. The one who was in charge kept him on that leash. Now he's gone. Could be a problem. Understood. Well, we'll see about that. Look, tonight, we don't worry about that. Tonight we celebrate the fact that a bunch of people who've been fucking discriminating and killing innocents on the streets of my town are dead. Good riddance to them. And we can move on. All right. Jacob, hurry up with those drinks. Let's fucking get it done. And the night proceeds onwards with some celebration, although tempered with the fact that Ugly is still covered in pieces of dead people and most people have, whether or not they're realising it or not, a lot of trauma to process. Time passes and we move on. A month has passed and we open our scene in the previously unexplored to the viewer spa, the day spa in Ugly's Motors. This is one of the few post uh, previous operations installations that Ugly had inserted. Inside, incongruent, Zhang, Pro, Eve and Ugly are all collected. Music is loudly playing and steam fogs the room. The music making this a very discreet place to have a conversation. Ugly lounges naked in the bath. Zhang lounges on a seat and incongruent stands with his back to the door with his arms crossed. Eve is... Um, Eve will be sitting next to Zhang um, and she'll have a face mask on and two little cucumbers over her eyes. I'm just laying there. <laughs> And pro? Land, uh, sort of tucked away back near the door. Not in the water? No. Okay. He's, cool. uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Just feels too much like an outsider in this sort of circumstance. There's too much uh, pampering. The idea makes him uncomfortable. Yep. He doesn't like to do things that make him feel nice. All right. So, I invited you here for a reason because I can have a quiet fucking chat here so we got a problem you know we've been dealing with Fitty too uh, he's not fit to be a leader <sighs> the loss of their last one really fucked relations and fucked our plan Fitty too thinks we're just another cog in his fucking machine He's a brute. He's an idiot. And he was always best kept on a leash. But the handler's gone. And he's a fucking loose cannon now. I mean, the bombers stand to risk the reputation that they had. He's been throwing his muscle around and... It's starting to get backlash in the streets. It's... Not sustainable. But... The bombers were weakened, and we have played the part very well. I propose a little coup. Fuck yeah. Eve sits, Eve sits up and a cucumbers fall off of her eyes and perfect. Let's put this dog down. But, I... uh, that'll leave a power vacuum. 
What do you got in mind? Well, uh, I'd say operations work smoother with an ugly bastard at the head. And uh, I think if we're going to make the impact that you want to make pro, if we're going to start to kick back the circle, I know you've been getting headway on the hunt for Seb. I'm really close now. I know I say that every week, but I can smell it. Well, when we start moving as a gang, we should be a fucking gang. So I propose that the power vacuum gets filled by yours truly. Well, I think you've even named our gang inadvertently. What'd you call yourself just then? I can't for the life of me remember. Every good gang needs an ugly bastard at the head of it. Got a room full of ugly bastards here to help out. Ugly bastards. That's a bit of fun. And to be honest, I was never a fan of AFL. So, we could do with a change in gang colours. Alright, so... What's the plan? It's time to make ourselves a more impressive set of players. We, well, we already control fusion, but with a large cohort of enforcers to protect my territory... We can expand into other operations, become a real force out here and make some waves, maybe even push back at some of the crime syndicates that do um, operate in ways we don't approve of. So, here's the plan. Three nights later. Yay. Three nights later. Ugly and the inner circle, the cohort, arrive at a party celebrating... Bomber's success, a pat on the back party, not only to celebrate the month's war prior, but also just a bit of a meet and greet and a flex for Fitty 2. They barely acknowledge Ugly's contributions to this war or your own. And you approach, each one getting a turn to almost pay their sort of respects to Fitty 2. And you see him. He is as big as Johnny, but boosted in a way where he has gorilla-sized arms relative to his body frame. So he's not bodily as big as Johnny. He's disproportionate, but he has these massive arms and big chest of steel, metal jaw, really brutal-looking booster with very advanced and powerful tech. And you each, in turn, get a chance to go up and talk to him. So, the first one is Ugly, who plays his part, plays nice, kisses the ring. And then Pro, briefly, comes before Fiddy 2. Pro wants to uh, lay the groundwork for events that are supposed, or uh, planned to transpire. And he wants to come across as a really eager fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a, a little touchy-feely in a, a sort of a way he keeps catching himself and reserving himself. But, like, you know, like, hey, man, uh, like, 
the things you've been doing since you've taken over, like, I, I wouldn't say worship, that's a big word, especially well. after the talks, <laughs> but like... Fucking, maybe it's fitting. You, you work out, like, how much? Like, holy shit, how did the cybernetics even stay on with these guns? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, well, you know, you gotta never skip leg day when you got these to haul around. <laughs> There's a lot of weight you're carrying there, you pack heavy. Well, fuck it, that's and what I'll, the like, women sla- say. It's like, strategically, just sort of playing... To his like mental accepting yeah, yeah. of it, like slap him on the arm. It's just like, oh, look, you know, uh, look, ugly, ugly, you know, great and all. I sort of roll my eyes surreptitiously, mm. but I'm like, uh, if you ever have any openings, I, uh, I'm a, you know, I'm a pretty good doorman. <laughs> you know, I can, I can just make sure only the right people get in, if you know what I mean. Well, uh, you're scrawny little cunt. Uh, come on, um, I, I, I really, maybe when you get a bit more boosted. <laughs> you know what? If you're ever willing to give me a recommendation, I'll t- I'll take. Anyway, I, I don't want I don't want cr- cramp your style, but big fan. Right. Sort of like you move away. through. Eve briefly walks up. All right, hello. Hello. I've never seen someone this boosted. <laughs> oh God. I am Eve. Hold up my head. He gently grabs it, which looks ridiculous. And like in a bad pantomime of old timey chivalry, kisses your hand. I don't say anything. You just let yeah. It and like, yeah. Mm, all right. All right. And the evening goes on, but after a while, Ugly starts to insert some ideas. Johnny, you're about the same fucking size as Vinny too. I reckon you got him square down in an arm wrestle. Oh, you're... He's not saying what I think he's saying. Holy shit. No way. I, like, lean over to, like, someone else, like, someone part of the other gang and, like, tap him on the shoulder. I'm like, Johnny's never been beaten in an arm wrestle. I can't believe he's going to say this. Just watch, watch. This guy... I don't want to disrespect the esteemed leader of the Bombers by even insinuating, but it is true. I've never lost. His eyelids, his eyebrows raise at this, and with a bit more jostling, and some peppy shouts from people in the room. Yeah. I move towards someone who's like one of the peppy shouters and sort of like nudge. I was like, I know, right? Like, trust me, this is a show. I like try and get amp them up, but also I'm trying to establish myself as moving and touching. So it's just sort of my thing. I'm hype, hype, part of the hype. But yeah, yeah, building that energy. Come on, boss! Come on, fucking do it, mate! It goes on. They're all encouraging him, and it happens. Sheng walks into the room. All timed. It's all timed. And she is dressed in an unusual fashion. She's wearing skin tight like bike leathers and while still wearing a helmet you have never seen her deliberately sexualize herself this much and she has her her um robotic prosthetic hand is completely displayed and like on show her tech is on show and you get the impression that 52 is a bit of a robosexual to borrow the term from Futurama he's <laughs> he's into that sort of thing and she walks in with like practiced attempt at seduction as she goes down right as this arm wrestle is about to take place 
His eyes snap briefly and is distracted as arms clap together. I am opposite uh, Zhang. Sort of at knowing his attention is on her, I'm sort of parallel and in the opposite direction. Circling. Incongruent rolls his sleeve up. They get ready to begin. And I, I reach in, I like grab, like put my hand on top. And I'm like, all right, gentlemen, make it a clean, clean wrestle. May the best man win or, you know, best out of three. A huge amount of testosterone flows through the room from one side and one side well acted as they jostle. And incongruent is not a shoe in to win. They are struggling. The back and forth pushes. Zhang moves about in such a way to continue to distract this beast of a man. I lean, I move over towards incongruent's shoulder first. And I like slap on his shoulder, just like, holy shit, dude, I can't. Oh, I, I knew it. I fucking knew it. And I like sort of zip over around mm. to the other side. I'm like, yeah, yeah, man, you got this. And with my, uh, under my all my clothes and hoodie and suit and all this stuff, I have some wiring through my clothes, just mm-hmm. various just connective tissue to connect to my cybernetics that allow me to channel through. And in this short period, I sort of surreptitiously build up the energy and touch the back of his head where he's got a an implant that blocks hacking and overload it. And right like clockwork, as these things happen, as you're leaning in, incongruent, squeezes the hand and says, your strength is truly impressive, almost as impressive as your well-known idiocy and your augmented manhood because you lack in such a regard. Attempting to belittle in a way where he's slightly off as a robot. And as the hack goes through, at the same time as Incongruent is barbing insults to get the attention, there's a glass shattering as Zhang drops a glass and bends over posterior directed directly towards (laughs) this guy. And it all happens like three things at once. Overload. Before he can even process what happens, his external device that protects some hacking disappears. And as Zhang stands up, she turns her head, sliding her hands up her body and then points a finger at him. And a preloaded set of hacking packages start to fly between the two, unseen, of course, all happening together. He seizes briefly. There's a moment of hush as one or two people might have noticed that something is amiss and then with his guard shattered and strange things occurring Eve notices something she's never seen before from within the arm of incongruent that is exposed small cables mechadendrites little octopus like tendrils of fiber optics weave down his arm dozens of them and spread across his hand and then link into maintenance ports all across the hand and they are connected almost like venom 
What are people around the room doing reacting to this? They're almost too stunned to react, but there's a moment of a couple of people are... Everyone had to check their weapons at the door. So people are sort of in a moment unsure of what's going on. There's still an arm wrestle. Half the people are staring at Zhang. Half the people are like looking at the... It's a very distracting... And this is all happening in the matter of seconds. And then there is a moment of seizure where his eyes change. His attention twists. His head turns. And he turns to the room at large. All right. It's time for a change. Then he turns to Eve. He's suffering, Eve. Maybe look away. <coughs> I kind of lean in and, and I say, never turn your back on your enemy. And he looks at the room at large and then he says, well, I guess I'm a loser after all. And then with his free hand, he reaches up, grabs the back of his head and just wrenches out a cranial implant with his spine attached to it in a sickening motion. Blood sprays out and half of his spine is like his whole body just shifts and his body just locks as all the robotics and machinery and boosted components just hold still. Blood pours from his nose and mouth. Incongruent stays locked still the little tendrils returning into his arm this silence ugly turns to the room well if I can heard it first from him uh, there's a bit of a change of plans you see that guy was a fucking gorilla and um well I'm a handsome gorilla so here's the deal you work for me and Things go back to the way they were. You don't have to kiss any boots. It's pretty chill. Or Johnny um, fucking rips your head off. There's a moment of silence. One guy steps forward to like take, take the place, like charges in as if he's going to do something. And as the last tendrils of, uh, of 52 and incongruent start to separate. So he rushes forward towards incongruent. It's not incongruent that moves, but fitty too. That free arm still holding spine just and grabs the guy by the neck and just starts crushing it. And you slowly watch as then incongruent fully detangles, but he leaves the arm in a deadly suffocating grip, just locked with motors. And the guy is just sitting there trying to breathe as the dead corpse of Fiddy 2 is strangling him. And then Incongruent stands up. Anyone else wish to contest the new leadership? At this point, obviously, I've dropped my act and I've sort of turned on the crowd at large and standing sentinel-like with the rest of Ugly's crew in the room, clearly taking control of the situation. Are there any cybernetics in the room that I could just sort of give a little jolt. Yeah, everyone's a booster. You yeah. can show, you can flex a bit so of your I'd power. So I basically just do a little bit of that, just like a gentle blanket over everyone, like this like buzz of just that slight twinge of electric pain that's not quite hurting everyone, but it's definitely making people pay attention. Like, like that feeling when someone's got you by the balls, but they're not going to do something, but you know they could. 
As the still silence and awkwardness settles, Conrado was in the room at the time and Ugly sees him. Conrado! Yeah. Everyone in this room knows you. You were a bomber until you lost your arms. Yeah. A lot of us came up together, including Kev there. Fitty. Well, bombers, you need someone who can take care of your operations who you know. But I need someone who hasn't been poisoned by Fitty's fucking rabid dog way of operating. So, Conrado, how would you like a place at my right hand? You can run this gang the way it was meant to be run. I think I could do a lot of good. A soup kitchen. That operation we can fold right into the gang. You can look after it. Keep them safe. Give protection to those that need it. It's a brief moment of tension. Whether the pro realises it or not, a voice of resistance as Peter, in the back of his head, sort of says, wait, that sounded... Wrong. Like it wasn't on the cards. Why is the soup kitchen being pulled into this? Yeah. So we got a deal? Conrado spits in his cybernetic hand and holds it out for a shake. Ugly grabs it, shakes it, and then something about Mary rubs his hand through his hair, slicks it back with Conrado's spit... (laughs) You're not fucking in it. <sighs> yeah, they made me this way. But you know what? I'm fucking likable and uh, I'm a people person. We got a deal. And you can see in the room that some of the bombers, this was going to end in, in a real, like over time it would have bubbled after this. But there's, a, there's an approval of Conrado being put in rather than ugly being put in. And the tension abates. Six weeks pass, and while there are definitely hurdles to the exchange of power, eventually it disseminates through the remnants of the Bombers gang that Conrado is operating as their de facto sort of leader of that aspect of what is now known as Ugly's Bastards. Over this time, Ugly has risen to be the leader of a gang that is now 30 to 40 or with his members 40 to 50 strong and has recruited fresh members who are optimistic uplifted and fed by the soup kitchen and with access to some upgraded cybernetics due to what was reclaimed from the dead Uh, there have been a few new recruits that have also now while being boosters been more aligned to ugly knowing his fusion supplies knowing the operations of the soup kitchen. Over this time, Ugly has been leading his fusion and arms supply operation from his old HQ, while Conrado is his deputy operating more in the gang turf. But it's all in the same territory. No major conflicts have yet broken out with the other gangs, but tensions are rising as people sense a bit of blood in the water, and Ugly's operations have been slightly impeded by this now lack of neutrality. He's having to jump through a few more hoops with the other territories because they're like, well, you're starting to get big for your britches. 
Pro and Eve are fully fledged inner gang member circles, sharing the space with Johnny and Jang. Uh, due to their intimate engagements and things that have happened and their unique situation, perhaps because Ugly seems to have a big soft spot for Pro and his circumstances, they have been led into the family more than led into the operation. Songbird is recovered enough to work as she was and she's regularly a lookout more confident than she was before but definitely scarred from what's happened her confidence are almost bought out of defiance the streets are calmer without the cogs and operations have shifted a little bit conrado folding in the soup kitchen to gang operations has basically meant naught but that the credit of its operation seems to be flowing back to ugly now even though the resources are coming from seb it has been established that this is uh, part of the gang's outreach to keep it safe. And they are doing so. There are more enforcers, but it is a positive thing. There has been positive change with Conrado's more gentle hand and Ugly's insistence on protecting innocent people. Uh, but some minor incidences have been met with brutal, brutal violence uh, as people have been removed as threats with the street justice of Ugly. We take ourselves to the soup kitchen, which after six weeks has become even more the nest of red string insanity for Pro. It's been another, I guess, binge of nights on hard drugs and raised heart rates because the red string is coming to an end and all the pieces are starting to finally come together. There is a picture being painted that lays out a reality in a period of time within the Venn district that Pro can accurately, now within millimetre accuracy, replicate and has created a simulation that he can enter. He's just gotten back from another one of Ugly's jobs and hasn't bothered to clean himself up. He uses it sometimes to keep his mind moving in his body, which is sometimes full of jitters and hard to control, sort of gets a little bit of that out of his system, heads out, and he's got some blood on his hands as he's holding his stained and uh, multi-times repaired virtual reality gloves and he's wired into his system. The room is now almost a parody and has devolved into the equivalent of a tech hoarder but everything is functioning everything is attached anything that hasn't added to this system this plan has been discarded removed and replaced and pro stands in a virtual replication of the environment around the glass slipper and he is ready finally taking a deep breath to follow the trail it's all been laid out and it's clear in his mind, but now it has to be clear in his eyes. One step at a time. This period of time that he has frozen in time and digitally from all of the hacked footage, both obtained from actual premises or uh, systems he's been able to get access to or corrupted. Piece by piece, he's built the steps needed to find the loop where Seb can be found. And through that... He tracks a vehicle repeatedly, not just on the night, but on nights after. Its movements 
to and fro as it appears and disappears off surveillance networks he's connected to. He keeps his ear to the ground following rumours, wordless and then whispered and then pleaded, mentions of lost people in the slums, not just dead or beaten, but gone, missing. And he traces them, he connects them, those moments. The pieces flashing back from his youth, from when in his 15, 16 years old self, when he used to run the missions of capturing and piecing that together with this to find the relay of where Sebastian would be. Almost like the scenes from Minority Report, sort of like rewinding and freeze-framing and zooming, he walks through the streets of the Venn, one location at a time, freeze-framing, rewind, walking around some of the subjects that he suspects are connected or that have the rumours, rewinding the line, listening to it, listening to it, listening to it, then on to the next location. And over time... All his journeys wind to the same location, a hotel that in his virtual reality world is a blurred distortion, a unusual blip of cybernetic security that he hasn't been able to hack, conspicuously so. It has guards, fences, and repeat visits from vans that come loaded and leave emptier as well as others. After a while, after hours of double-checking, triple-checking, and making sure he can't possibly be wrong, and knowing that no one leaves this place, the van doesn't exit full, that if Seb is anywhere, if Seb is alive, this is where he is. Frozen in Realisation heart racing almost disbelieving realising he's actually found the key he's put it in the slot and it's turning he just stops everything in his mind, his body, he drops the headset drops the glove looks around at the room around him that is entirely different from what it was six months ago and taking a deep breath as if he's a person he missed walks out of the room and shouts across to Conrado. Hey, Conrado! Follow me. This matters. I've got him. I swear I fucking got him! And I run. I follow. Conrado and Pro run through the streets for several minutes as it takes them to get to Ugly's Bar. You scream downstairs. I'm assuming he's got a routine, so I'll know where to find him. Yeah, you know where to find him. And you get down there. Ugly is there. Incongruent is not, but Eve is. I found him ugly. I know where Seb is, and I need to get him. Hi. Yeah. I've tracked him. It's all on here, and I'm holding it. I've rebuilt that night. I've rebuilt the space. I've basically mapped the entire Venn and the whole fucking west, north, and... Northwestern District. You can replay it, I can show you, but the point is, I'm going. If I'm going alone, so be it, but you know I've been there for you. You Every step of the way. You're coming? Of course I am. Fuck yeah. And I'll like slap your hand and like pull you. Alright, alright. Fucking calm down. This is even for you, pro reckless. 
It's been six months. You haven't let him go? I've been fighting for this every day. You know that. I know, but I also know it's not healthy. Look at me. He's dead. No, he's not. I know he's not. I know how it works. Under the hood, he's too fucking valuable. They would not discard him. I I can think of a, a dozen fucked up things they could do to him. And they probably have been. Worse than I could imagine, but he's for certain he's alive. And I'm going to get him out of there. Ugly. Perhaps we should hear Pro's plan first. All right. Fine. You've earned that much, Pro. Let me show you. Uh, Zhang, can we get one of her headsets? I'll go over to Zhang. You set it all up. Yeah. After seeing it displayed in the room. So I like freeze frame and I'm mm. like, repeat the same loop. And I'm like, that is it. That's the place. He's there. We've just got to get him. That's looks, looks dangerous. Yeah. Look, the cogs were a tough nut because of fanaticism and numbers, but they fucking shunned tech. These guys, they're going to fight fire with fire. It won't be as easy. And if these are a smuggling ring, you are fucking... You're kicking the hornet's nest. Then we'll bring gasoline. I am walking in there, and if I don't walk out, I don't care. I understand that's reckless. I get it. But I have to do this. I'm not going to fucking let you walk in there, bro. To save Seb. Without being properly prepared. So this time... There's a fucking plan. Deal. Alright. Let's save pretty boy. Alright. Who's coming? I'm in. I owe him. And these fuckers are in our territory. Fuck yeah! We're getting set back! We're coming for you, man. And I'll like put I take the headset and put it on, and I'm like looking at this hotel standing. In this virtual world, facing the place that I'm going to be standing within 24 hours if I have my way. I'm coming, Seb! If it's the last fucking thing I do! And I think... Yeah, that's a good one to end on. That's where we... Woo! Season two of Reboot is about to begin. Oh, Oh, and you know what? Are you guys ready to shit yourself? Because guess what? There's dice next time. Oh, you got to play. You got to be the kings of your own narrative for this vignette session. But but so, I like yeah, this way of role playing. Walking in and just like, and I pew pew everyone and they all die. Remember what happened last time you got in combat with dice? Yeah, nah. Yeah. Then, oh boy. We have, we have slightly improved character sheets because yeah. uh, we have yeah. factored the, the six months dot And you have a very improved character sheet, Conrado. <laughs> From a combat perspective, yeah, I'm, I'm It's worth explaining. Obviously, yeah, Rob's been filling in for multiple characters. The hope is that he will get to be Seb again, but for episode one, you're going to be Conrado, correct? Yep. Conrado. So, so at least cool. you have someone on the team who is very good at combat. <laughs> yes. And she'll have two arms. <laughs> yes, yes, double arm Conrado. Yes. Which this was like, there was, there was, was such a journey in one, like, episode quote unquote which technically isn't an episode but holy hell this lays the groundwork so yeah yeah it's been super fun so thank you to our patrons for allowing us to make this kind of content they're going to come up they're going to zoom we're going to say their (laughs) names it's going to be great 
Awesome. Best. Yep, they are. In the meantime, Jazza isn't used to the buttons yet. Oh my god, that <laughs> Come on, we're just gonna shoot it down. Come on. <laughs> I don't like eventually. that gun effect. It's very weak. There that we one's go. better. Yeah, That's right. better. Yeah. <laughs> What is that? Sorry, I dropped something off the... Oh, okay. <laughs> it's supposed to be a car Were crash. the patrons ever going to show up or yeah. are they late to the party? Oh, hey, no! <laughs> Duck Fox. Happy birthday, AJ Macy. Happy birthday, Sagacity Lost. Nick's Nightshade. Yeah, Hattress. AJ Macy. Hey, thank you to all our patrons. Even the little, you know, all of them. The Bobby ones. Mm. Little Bobby ones. Some of them bob when they come along. We yeah. are back, baby. It's good to be back. Yeah. Wow. I'm My heart's racing. Things. This is so fun. I'm so oh. excited. And we get to be back with Minnie. Yes. Hell yeah. yeah. We're going to have encounters. Oh. We're going to have all sorts of shit. We're just probably going to be talking uh, for another 10, 15 minutes in, at the end of this video about how excited we are. But we should we'll go. We'll do that with patrons in the Discord. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. All right. <coughs> Bye, Bye, everyone. Until episode one of season two. Woo.